Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. What up, what up? I'm excited to be in studio again. I've been on the road. Where have I been? I went to Australia a couple weeks. We were going hauling through the outback, which is like their desert. And literally kangaroos were flying out. In the middle of the road. Now I know why in Australia they have these like row bars that go in, in front of the cars and they have these huge lights. The reason why is to see these kangaroos running across the street. And literally we were driving out there for six and a half hours. And we've seen probably like no joke, almost a hundred dead kangaroos on the side of the road because they're just like a pest. They just run out and they're just, they don't, they don't see the cars or they see them and they just, People hit them. It's just, it's wild out there. And out of 10 of the most deadly snakes in the world, Australia actually has nine of them. Interesting fact. So basically, you don't want to pass out on the floor in the desert or the outback because you will die. Oh, and they have wild goats out there too. Because I guess when the um, some people came over from the Middle East, they brought these wild goats. So there's all these wild goats in the in the outback as well. And uh, Australia is just a wild, amazing place to go. And boy, did we eat cock. What did we eat? We ate, uh, what do you call it? What's it called? Crocodile? Yeah, because in America we have alligators, but we eat crocodile out there. It's wild. Wild, wild times. Then I went to Colorado and we got to do a tour through there. And um, we got to speak at Boulder University, which Boulder is um, the second most. Uh, liberal city in the United States. Yeah, Boulder is the most second second most liberal state. I can't even speak today. I took a long nap earlier. Okay, let me try that again. Boulder is the second most liberal city in the United States, and God opened the door for us to go and speak in the university and in the high school, and a bunch of people got saved. So it was awesome. Keep praying for us that God will continue to open more doors with the kill the noise. We are touring in middle schools. We are touring in high schools. We are touring. Um, we've been hitting colleges and universities. Just wherever God will open the door to get in front of students. Because I believe 100% and I know that God has a plan and a purpose for every single person's life. It does not matter where you've been or what you've gone through or what you're going through. God literally is in the business of touching people's lives and transforming them, transforming them and doing great things. And tonight, I have my good friend, Christina Boudreaux, in studio, which she's gonna, we're gonna talk about her testimony for about five minutes, but then I wanna really talk about what's going on in her life now, because she is the poster child for someone that has been in a crazy place in their life and God has done amazing things. Christina, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me tonight. Again? Yes. Yeah. I've had you on a couple times. Yeah, yeah. It's always been good times. So if you could, uh, if you want to find out more about her, you can go to the, you know, the whosoevers.com, mm -hmm. click on the radio show, and I think we've done a couple shows, two or three shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always yeah. good. Always good stuff. Mm -hmm. So in five minutes, yeah. give me an overview of your testimony, basically how you found God. Yeah. And then from there, I want to talk about all the rad things that are happening now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was that kid, just like a lot of people, you know, that grew up in church, you know, um, my whole life, I grew up going to Harvest Amazing Church. And I, I remember giving my heart to the Lord at the age of six, but at the time I had so much, um, 
had a lot of trauma in my life, you know, faced, you know, sexual abuse as a kid, um, started wearing, you know, baggy clothes at a young age, struggled with my sexuality, you know, being attracted to girls. Um, why, why were you wearing baggy clothes at a young age? You know, I think it was like, you know, I remember wearing like basketball shorts and like mm -hmm. baggy shirts in like third and fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it was like shame, like surrounding my body because of the sexual abuse that was happening. But also at the same time, like I felt like I identified more with like being like a guy mm -hmm. and I was accepted more by the boys. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like and I didn't. Um, I didn't feel like I really fit in with girls either. You know, they did the whole like dress thing, the bow and the hair thing. They did mm -hmm. the whole, um, you know, shopping with their moms. And that wasn't me, you know, more tomboy style. Yeah. That what they, they, yeah. That's what they would call it. Yeah. And, um, sports. Cause I know you surf and diff you do yeah, different sports and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you know, I was always the kid playing basketball on the, you know, with the boys, you know, racing the boys, playing football with the boys. And so, um, I would like stand, you know, with my arms, with my hands underneath my armpits, you know, how guys would like, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I wanted to play football in high school because that was comfortable to me. Like every day after school, even throughout high school, like I would be at the gym for four or five hours a day playing basketball with the boys. That's just what, um, that's just what I did. And so, you know, I developed depression at, you know, at a very young age, anorexia and bulimia going into middle school. And a lot of it was just me trying to numb the pain of not feeling good enough, not feeling like I fit in completely with boys, but not feeling like I was completely accepted by the girls at school. Started cutting myself, you know, in high school mm -hmm. um, because I think my self-hatred ran that deep that I literally would cut myself and I would go in the shower and I would see the blood run down the drain. But it didn't phase me because the emotional pain outweighed the physical pain that I was experiencing. Um, Just really quick. Yeah. For people that are listening, because there's always those older people or parents yeah. that go, I don't understand the process when they cut. Yeah. Why do people cut? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, um, I actually heard about cutting when I was in rehab, you know, for my eating disorder, I saw a girl that came in one day with bandages around her arm and I was like, what is that? And they're like, oh, she cut herself. And so when I experimented with that for the first time, it was like, it, it was almost, it releases the same endorphins that Pete, that happen when people work out, you know, or when people get high. And so, and a lot of kids cut themselves or self-harm or burn themselves or whatever. Um, it's a form of getting high of, of some type of release. You know, it's the same feeling that you get when you do drugs or you drink, you know, or when people watch porn, it's like, you're just trying to mentally escape somewhere. Yep. And so that's the reason why a lot of kids do it. Not all of them want have the intent of wanting to kill themselves it's just another way of coping got it yeah so you got into this in high school or junior? yeah yeah so i started the cutting mm -hmm. when i was a junior in high school mm -hmm. um and you know the lord did a huge work in my life when i was 18 you know one night you know healed me of eating disorders and it was just had a radical encounter with him but for four years when I was in college, it was like I was constantly hurting inside. And it was because I had never dealt with the trauma, the pain of why I had run to those things in the first place. Mm -hmm. And um, finally, when I was 21, um, I had a teacher of mine who was like, Christine, I feel like you need to explore deeper areas of your story. And that was finally when all of my issues of, you know, my sexual abuse and all this stuff came to the surface. And I was really angry and it caused me to pick up a razor again. And um at that point in my life, you know, I stepped back from a lot of ministry I was doing for about a year and a half, uh, went back to counseling, you know, uh, was very suicidal during that time, tried to hang myself, tried to overdose on pills, dealt with the suicidal stuff in high school. But um, 
the Lord saved my life. I don't know how many times, you know, and so from that point, the Lord has continually taken me on a journey of, um, of a, like him healing my heart in deeper ways and having me understand why I ran to those things, why people run to different hurts and pains. And so that's a little bit of my story in a nutshell. And through that process, the Lord just began to restore my sexuality and restore the femininity that he gave me to be because I think that was a big issue for me like when the Lord had me get real about my sexuality at the age of 22 I was like Lord well I'm not like the girly girls like from Legally Blonde you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying that movie where they're like oh my gosh Becky that wasn't my thing and so I really struggled with what does it mean to be feminine and the Lord really began to bring women in my life that showed me what God's design was for womanhood and what femininity looked like for me. And it wasn't so much about me changing the way that I dressed, like I dress feminine now and whatever, but it was really the walls that needed to come down in my life. It was the masks that needed to come down in my life and the mannerisms I once used to take on, like as a guy, like being a protector, pursuer, like I had pursued every guy I ever liked, you know, I had like both guys and girls, mm -hmm. um, the Lord began to show me that as a daughter, I was worth being pursued, that as a daughter, I was worth writing for, fighting for. Why, why do you think, uh, what, what, like, why do you, th what led you to go to date, to want to date guys and girls? I, I mean, that's, that's a common, yeah. obviously that's a huge, uh, it's yeah. a huge subject these days. Yeah. You know, I think every girl that I had ever been attracted to or every girl that I ever liked, it was really because I felt like that feminine um, role in my life was lacking, you know, that mm -hmm. nurturing role. And so um, it was almost like, like this girl was like kind of fed a part of me that was missing because of that lack of, of that nurturing figure in my life. And I was like, I really like the way she makes me feel. I really like the way that, um, that attention, you know, and I think so many girls when there's a feminine or when there's like a, a mother role lacking in their life, they're attracted to that. It's, it's a natural thing for us to be drawn to something like a young girl to be drawn to a maternal figure. But when you, a person doesn't have that, it turns into the sexual thing, which is what happened for me. And then for guys like, I naturally liked guys too, but it's the same thing for a guy. If a guy doesn't have a father figure in his life, he's going to be maybe attracted to boys because of that masculine role, you know? I've heard that exact story yeah. of a guy that became a homosexual through that yeah. role. Yeah. The, lack, the lacking of a father figure. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I think the Lord, um, me and my mom have a great relationship now. Um, for a long time, it wasn't that way. Uh, but the Lord, during that time that he was restoring me and my mom's relationship, um, I had pushed my mom away, honestly, for a lot of years um, because I identified so much with boy things. So the Lord allowing her back into my life and restoring that relationship. Um, before that, the Lord brought amazing like spiritual mothers in the faith to literally teach me what it meant to be a woman. Like they would take me shopping and be like, hey, this is your style. This is how you should dress. This is how you should act. This is what it means to be a woman of God. Not what the world says, but what the Lord says, you know, but so many young people now, like so many girls, like the whole pansexual thing is in now mm -hmm. where they'll start liking guys and girls where it's almost like whatever they like at the time is what they go for. So the, or a big thing now is like being in an open relationship where they could be in a relationship with someone, but there's no strings attached and they can date whoever they want to. But all those kids at the end of the day, it all boils down to them lacking a healthy balance in the home of a father and mother figure. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, and that's what it was for me, just 
being attracted to whatever felt good like at the time which is why i dealt with gay porn Mm -hmm. watching pornography um all of those things caused like it just fed a part of me that was lacking at the time but Mm -hmm. all of that combined never satisfied what i only found in the word of god and found in a relationship with the lord dope yeah um and then you after you found god well, I, want, I want to tell you about a little statistic I heard today um, from a TED Talk, which we're going to talk about your TED yeah. Talk soon. Um, there, I was watching this guy, and he talks about uh, – he was doing a TED Talk. He's not a Christian. And he says, why did he stop watching porn? He went through all these reasons. But he also – he quoted a statistic that said 90% of 12-year-old boys watch pornography. Yeah. Dude, that's a, that's a new statistic I have not heard. Yeah, because I know the average age now went down to six six years old, but they said ninety percent of twelve, which to- it totally makes sense. Because mm-hmm. if pornography was around at my in my phone when I was twelve years old, totally be going down back then. So then through this whole journey, you find God. Yeah. And uh, the, what was what was the uh, the transformation from there? Like, how did you? Okay, so you encountered God, but. How did you get the marching orders from God? Like, how did you discover the plan and the purpose yeah. to what you do now? What was that transition like? And then I want to talk about what you're doing. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, from the time that I was a kid, you know, I grew up in church and I felt like I always had a sensitivity to the spirit of God, you know, and to the voice of God. But there was just so much. Um, There's almost just like a tornado of just brokenness constantly surrounding me. Mm-hmm. And um but a lot of it was just like in moments in my life where I felt like, like, God, my life doesn't have purpose. You know, God, my life is going downhill. These people have abandoned me. These people have done all these things to me. And it was always in those moments through people or through his word that, um, that honestly, I think it was even when I was in elementary school, like I have a huge heart for missions in the nations, you know, and pe- and broken people around the world. And I remember being in elementary school and God showing me and just giving me a heart, you know, to do missions one day. And when I was in high school, um, there was an organization that came and they were talking about, like, you know, reaching young women. And I was like, God, it would be really cool. Even as as I'm struggling in my eating disorder, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, God, it would be really cool one day to just help girls with eating disorders. But I pro- it probably wasn't until I was 18 years old when God did a huge work in my life that I honestly felt like the because i wanted to go to i wanted to go to law school i wanted to do all these things you know in college but the lord it was literally like a commission from him like i've set you free and like my life verse you know is found in isaiah like you have anointed me to set the captives free you know and to open the eyes of the blind and that's what i felt like god really just gave me an image of a key and he's like i have anointed you to to set people free you know for me with all these things you've gone through and so much more like through his spirit and so that kind of got the ball rolling to what I've done the last 11 years of my life. So what exactly are you doing? Because I know that you do modeling, you're yeah. an author, and you're a speaker. Yeah. Um, recently, you just spoke at the uh, the TED Talk in Irvine. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go really bad. Yeah. I really tried, but I couldn't go. <laughs> it's totally good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're good. How did, uh, how did it go? You know, it was interesting because, like, you know, even for my TED Talk, I had only ever watched one TED Talk before, you know, um, I think it was last year. And so when they reached out to invite me to do it, I just thought it was like a YouTube channel. And then when they started sending me the paperwork and I and I was originally going to say, like, no, because I was like over summer, you know, I had just a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. 
I was in transition in my life. A lot of stuff had happened a lot of, and I just was kind of in a place where I was like, I'm just trying to get away from all of this stuff. But, you know, one of my really good friends was like, Christina, this is a great opportunity and don't let it slip by you. And so um, when I did my TED talk, you know, TED talks, from what I understand now, you know, are just like a platform. It's a secular platform. Yeah, what, explain it. What is it exactly? Yeah. So um, it's pretty much the biggest platform that, from what I understand, that speakers can have. But it's like something that gets put on their YouTube channel. 14 million subscribers are on their YouTube channel. I think yeah. 15 million now. And there's like entrepreneurs, um, you know, inventors, like all these people that are making impact in the world, you know, like Justin Bieber did one, like a lot of these, yeah, whatever people, a lot, of, a lot of big name people are doing them. Yeah. And so when I got asked to do one, um, it was just interesting because I was lo like looking down the list on the website of like all these people. And it was like people with all these letters behind their name. And I just was like, Lord, I'm i'm your your kid that's why you put me to do this thing and so mm -hmm. even the day that i i gave my talk i was i just felt like the lord was just like christina this is so easy and i just need you to share your story and share your heart and on the thing you're not supposed to talk about faith or religion but yeah that's a <laughs> yeah but i talked about the relationship between the creator and the created you know i talked about the lord in my story and i talked about jesus and i was like this is so you refer to him as the creator yeah that's it yeah and i and you know i think they're going to be posting it on their youtube channel in the next like couple weeks or so but yeah i talked about jesus you know i wrote a book called i am beautiful and i put the illustrations in the back and i read through it you know and the gospel was all throughout that story i talked about the night that god saved my life you know and he healed me and so i i just went for it because i was like lord this is the biggest platform you've ever given me and there's nothing i can offer these people except you yeah like within Christina, there's nothing, you know what I'm saying? And so, and I literally like the whole audience was like in tears and I just saw the spirit of God touch people. And mm -hmm. so many people came up to me after and they just were like in tears. And I was like, Lord, this is all I asked you to do. And you did it. And so I'm excited to see the kinds of people that God's going to use it to touch. Wait till it gets on YouTube yeah. in front of five, 15 million people. Yeah. And yeah. then just all the random people that just come across it. It's yeah. going to go crazy. Yeah. And it was just interesting because it like, I mean, I am a, I have a huge influence, you know, just within the secular world with modeling, you know, and like mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then in the Christian world between, you know, the church stuff and like youth stuff that I speak at, but this like honestly bridged the gap between the two. And I had people that don't believe in God that don't follow the Lord who are like, dude, we're going to watch that. And I was like, that's why. Mm -hmm. Cause I asked the Lord, like, why did Ted talk dude? this was never on my radar, something I would ever want to do. But I realized that this is something that he put in front of me to just tell people that don't know him about him. So well, you make sure you let me know when it comes yeah. out, and I'm gonna post it for sure for, yeah. for everyone to dude, awesome, yeah, to watch. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm seriously like I've known you for a while, yeah, probably like I don't know how long, it's five years. I've been yeah. there for five years. I knew yeah. you before that. Cause yeah, I met through Hannah. Yeah, so like six, seven years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I've been watching you on social media. Yeah, and uh, I'm really proud of you. Just watching what God's been doing. I believe that I know that God has something like He's doing something in your life. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, you're, God's doing something special with you, with 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 a lot of the young girls. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a fan. Thank you. So yeah, anyone that's it's listening. It's a tough road, but yeah. yeah. No, but anyone that's, that's listening and you want to get um, someone amazing to come out and speak at your church or do your youth group, 
um, get a hold of Christina Boudreaux. You can find her through my social media or you can find her on hers. You're listening to the show, so you can find her easily through me to connect to her. But get her out there. I'm seeing, I've seen her speak in person. It's amazing. And um, this generation, these millennials and uh, these Gen Zs are relating. They're giving their life to the God. They're giving their life to God and their lives are being transformed. And you can get her book. Where, where do they even get your book? So um, I actually sold out of two of my books, but I'm oh, yeah, going to be releasing okay. um, a new one. It's called Intimacy, and it's just about our intimacy with the Lord and our identity in Him. And I'm hoping that it's going to get released like next year. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, still working on it. So okay, all yeah. right. Well, do you have a website or anything? Yeah. So if you go to www.beautyhasnosize.com, that's my website cool. for just like ministry stuff. Right on, right yeah. on. And you can get all her her details there. So okay. So you did a TED talk. You got a couple books. Tell us a little bit about, you know, we know that you're uh, you're doing some modeling. Yeah. Um, tell us about how God's using that because you know it's awesome about what you're doing. The reason why I'm a huge fan is you're in the world but not of the world. Yeah. Because we know that if you're of the world, it says in John, you know, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. We know these are not from the Father. Yeah. So Jesus has called us to be sly as a serpent, gentle as a dove. Yeah. To be in it but not of it. So yeah. the, here you are, you're in the TED talk, mm-hmm. you're, you're bringing glory to the king, sly as a serpent, gentle as a dove as you're delivering it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he is the creator of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, now, and you're also doing, you've been doing modeling for, for a while. Yeah. How, how is that working? Yeah. So, um, you know, the Lord called me into the industry probably when I was, you know, 18 years old, mm-hmm. you know, restored my life of eating disorders and, um, you know, I think it was probably last year that, um, you know, being involved in any type of industry, you know, I was like signed internationally working with, you mm-hmm. know, modeling for companies like Hot Topic, Charlotte yep. Roos, Wet Seal and all these people. Um, I really did, you know, come and I'm like, you know, I took a break for a few months, you know, I'm coming back into it. It was one of those things where I felt like, you know, the Lord like has used me in that place, you know, to reach girls within industry who are like even escorting, you know, girls mm-hmm. in the industry who are dealing with eating disorders who are on drugs to kind of be a role model of like purity for young women, you know, because like so many girls now are like um, they're like half naked on social media, you know, and just how to show girls like you could be fashionable, but um, be modest at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have everything out there. Um, and it was probably, I think, last year that I was really like, Lord, um, I need you to just help like me redefine who you've made me to be, you know? And so I took a, you know, a few months away from, from the industry, you know, I went to the Philippines and even this summer, I, I took a break from the industry to just kind of clear my head a little bit, you know, went up to Montana with Pottersfield. I was working with horses and stuff for a while. And, um, one of my, you know, my pastor's wife up there, Pam Roselle, you know, she had been involved in the industry for a long time, you know, doing like, she had toured and did like Broadway and all this stuff. And because I think within the industry, like the Lord, you know, has called me in there to make a difference for him. But I think a lot of it had it had come to the point where I felt like I was being so pressured by like the expectations of agents, you know, like constantly having to live a public life, you know, when it came to like the industry and what it wanted me to be, even in like a lot of the Christian world and what they wanted me to be. And I just was like torn and I was like, God, I feel like I can't measure up to everyone's expectations, you know, that they want for my life. And I think that's like what we all struggle with is just somehow along the way, we end up finding our identity and what we're doing and not who God says that we are. And I, and my biggest thing is identity, but I realized that 
I looked in the mirror, even like literally, I, re I remember being in the airport, flying back from Montana to my TED talk. And I was like, Lord, if I were to be, and I literally had asked the Lord to strip me of everything, like literally like where it was just me and him, like no modeling, no ministry, no nothing. And I was like, God, that's, like, that's when you went up north. Yeah. Yeah. Or where, where was it? Um, it was in Montana, Montana. like Whitefish, Montana. Was so Park you Hill. literally killed the noise. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you were safe to say you were shoveling cow poop. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I literally was. You went to like, a ranch. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Parsville Ranch because I literally was like, I was like, dude, we just need to get out of town. So, um, but that's extreme. Okay, most people yeah. are like, I'm gonna turn my phone off. I'm gonna go to Joshua Tree. That's what I do. Yeah. But you were like, I'm actually leaving to go hang out at a ranch where there's like nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was literally, you know, I had a lot of transition stuff happening, you know, in my life. I won't get into detail too, but yeah. Um, I remember, I remember literally calling. Um, you know, my, my leaders up there, Pastor Mike and Pam Rosell from Pottersfield. And I was like, I just need to get out of town. I just need to like put aside the expectations of the modeling industry and the ministry world and all these different things. And I just need to like be with Jesus. And it was honestly during that time when the Lord stripped me of everything that I, um, I struggled. Like, honestly, I think the first couple weeks where it was literally like, um, working at a ranch, like mucking stalls every day, you know, like covered in dirt from head to toe. And I was like, Lord is like, it, have I found my significance in the accolades of this world? Or can I still know my significance without those things? Yeah. And it was during that time when the Lord stripped it all away. And it was me saying, okay, I'm going to step back during this time that I was finally able to just even be okay with knowing that Christina is loved apart from her photos and her bookings and, you know, all these things that people have known me as. People find their identity yeah. in, in their job, yeah. their possessions and all mm -hmm. these these things. So here you are, you're like, just strip it, God, and, yeah. and can I live without all this stuff? Yeah. That's and, hardcore. Yeah. And I remember there was a day, um, it, was, it was not too long ago, where I was, you know, up in Montana and I felt like I was having a nervous breakdown because I think living a public life for so long, like you, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like you've had people that have only have, have used you because of, um, what they could get from you, you know, mm -hmm. like people that have only come around because of your status or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, they're not there for you, you know, when it's just like when you're not doing anything at all. And people would always come out of the woodworks and stuff. I Me mean, and my friend talked about that. But honestly, like my leaders up there, Pastor Mike and Pam Rosella, my Pastor Mike was actually in Uganda when I felt like I was like kind of losing my cookies a little bit. And he just was like, Christina, like you are loved regardless of these things that you have done. Like your significance is found in, you know, he talks about the relationship between the potter and the clay. And he was like, you are so loved and me and Pam love you so much, regardless of how many stages you stood on, how many pictures you've took. And that to me, I felt like was um, God speaking through him to me. And it really did heal so much of, um, you know, because in the industry, it's like you're disposable, you know. Like yeah. you get used and you throw on a side, same yep. thing in the Christian world. And so, um, God used them so much in my life and yeah. And I was able to just continually mucking stalls and I was like, I'm a loved child of the King, whether I'm on a stage or out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, killing the noise is good. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then when you came back from that, that's when everything kind of lined up for the, for yeah. the TED talk yeah. and the whole thing. Yeah. And so I think it's, I think it's crucial. We're going to go to break in, in yeah. about two minutes or something, yeah. but, uh, I think it's, it's, I know 
it's crucial that you need those times to uh, to kill the noise so you can just kind of yeah. really figure out um, what's going on in life. It's, it's interesting because right now at this point in time, I'm at a place where I was just talking to David, you know, out there that works with the movement. I was just like, hey, from now until January 1, when I go back on tour with the Kill the Noise tour, I'm I'm going to really set, set time aside to kill the noise, turn off the phone. I'm, Joshua Tree is my spot. When I want to talk to Jesus, I head to the desert. You know, you just hang out there. There's no noise out there. It's very beautiful. Nothing's around. You don't just go into the main road, the yeah. main areas. You just, I just park in the park and I just take off walking yeah. with the water. And then I just find myself somewhere out there by myself and, uh, you know, just talk to God, worship, sing, pray, and just wait on him. And there hasn't been a time that I've actually went out there and talked to him and he's talked back to me yeah. and given me answers. But it's crucial. That you start reading, you yeah. dig in, you press in mm -hmm. to find that directions for that next chapter of your life. Yeah. Because so many times we, we're just, you're caught up in this routine of your job and your possession has all these things and you never spend time and you wonder, what am I supposed to be doing in my life? Even if you're a Christian, you have to literally disconnect yeah. time, after, time and time again to hear God's voice, to know what that next chapter is in your life. Uh, I have uh, Christina Boudreau in studio. Model, author, speaker. She's legit. It's TED Talk speaking. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud Thanks of you. That so is much. Thank awesome. you. When Thanks I saw so that, I was like, this is seriously epic. We're going to be back in two minutes right after the break to continue this epic conversation with Christina Boudreau. Peace. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Everything all right? Yeah. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say... We are back in studio with Christina Boudreaux, author, model, Speaker, get her out to your church, contact her. Talking about identity, connects with the young girls. Go to her Instagram. You're going to see she's in front of thousands of girls year-round speaking. I've seen her live, and it is amazing to see what God is doing in her and through her as she's affecting people's lives. So before we get back into the story, I do want to plug the Kill the Noise because right before the break, we were talking about yeah. you heading to a ranch, leaving your possessions, leaving your jobs, leaving everything and heading to a ranch and just saying, God, who am I and what do you want me to do? And that's where God meets you is when you surrender all. Yeah. Surrender all. You deny self, you surrender all. And I think it's crucial that we do take those times to kill the noise in our life, to hear what God wants to do for that next chapter in your life. I believe that we go through all these different chapters mm -hmm. in our life. And God shows us his plan that he has for us for these next six months or this next month or this next year. So speaking of the kill the noise, I do want to plug our high school tours. We are touring around the United. Actually, we are doing the United States, but we have turned into a worldwide tour now. Yeah. We're in Australia. We're right now. We're, we're going to Colombia. We're going to Mexico. Uh, we are in Toronto. We're hitting all the United States. Um, shoot, we want to go to England, South Africa, wherever. Please contact us. We will come to you. We will tour any middle school, any high school, 
any uh, college, university, whatever it is, to let people know that God loves them and he has a plan for their life. We are seeing thousands and thousands of students give their life to the Lord wherever we go. Contact us at thewhosoevers.com. So, Christina, so you're out there. You're killing the noise. Yeah, dude, we killed the noise. It happened. Yeah. So now, as I've been uh, stalking you on Instagram, yeah, I see you touring with a lot of different young girls. You're, yeah. you're you're speaking at a lot of different places. Yeah, what are the different places that you speak at? So I do a lot of um, I do a lot of youth groups, young women's young women's conferences, um, like middle school, to yeah, high like school. middle school, high school. I do a lot of schools. Um, yeah. do a lot of like human trafficking recovery homes. That's a huge passion and mm-hmm. heart of mine. Mm-hmm. I was actually at there's a um like a in Orange County, there's a um, emergency shelter that houses. It's the only one that houses kids and youth who have been rescued from human trafficking, Sick. like in Southern California. And so I was there earlier on this month teaching to them. But yeah, doing I do a lot of um, yeah a lot of conferences like youth, women, young women, you know, young adult type stuff. I just have a heart for youth, you know, in reaching this next generation because it's like when I see kids now, it's like they're all. Um, you know, I have 12 year olds. Like I was even at, um, there, there was a retreat I did earlier on this year for harvest. You know, I grew up going there for church and like, this is our fifth and sixth grade retreat. I did a, a Saturday night session and, you know, talked about, I just asked them, you know, how many of you guys have cell phones? It's like, they all raise their hands like these fifth and sixth graders. And it's like, you know, if they have a cell phone, they have access to porn and everything else. And I was like, how many of you know what self-harm is? They all raise their hands and mm-hmm. like, that night as I'm like talking to these kids, like afterwards, like usually after I talk and talk about all this stuff that young people are dealing with now, I have kid after kid coming up to me that like rolling up their arms, you know, I'm cutting myself, you know, and I'm like, okay, we're going to delete the, you know, sexting apps or whatever. It's like, you have so many kids now, like usually after I share, you know, I'll have them all like close their eyes, you know, and I'm like, by raise of hands, how many of you are dealing with porn? You get like a fourth of the kids raising their hands. How many of you guys have dealing with suicidal thoughts or cutting? You know, you get most of them raising their hands. How many of you guys dealing with, you know, homosexuality or whatever it is? And it's like, before you know it, all these leaders at the churches come up to me after and they're like, we had no idea. And I'm like, dude, cause no because one's talking about it. Talk about yeah. It. I'm like, dude, no one's talking <laughs> about it. Like I was a kid that struggled in youth group. I'm like, Steve Wilburn was my high school pastor at Harvest. Him and his wife were amazing. I was a kid in youth group that struggled and, you know, they were like loving me, but I felt like I was alone. Because no one talks about it. Yeah, no one talks about it. You got to bring the darkness into the light and expose it. Yeah. And then once you talk about it, you realize, man, I'm not alone because Satan wants everyone to think they are alone. Yeah. Dude, I was just talking to some dude the other day, some kid the other day, and he was... He was like suicidal. He wanted to kill himself or something, you know. And we were talking and, and I was just like, dude, look, you're not alone. Yeah. Like the enemy wants you to think that you're alone because that's what yeah. he thought he was all isolated, that he was all yeah. alone. No one knows what I'm going through. I'm like, dude, yeah, there's tons of people that are going through this. And guess what? The ones yeah. that have given their life to God and yeah. pressed in. Yeah. God has worked out these details and set yeah. them free. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to talk about it. Yeah. And you do, you know, and I had, you know, even like earlier on this year, one of the big things a lot of this generation is dealing with is like anxiety and panic attacks. Like I Mm -hmm. remember like earlier on this year, you know, when I was just feeling the weight, you know, before I killed the noise, like I was in bed for a week just dealing with panic attacks. Like I literally could not get out of bed and I was I felt like I was losing my mind. Mm And I just had some amazing people pray for me. And what the Lord showed me through that was just like, Christina, like you, 
just deal with stuff, you know, but I, I wasn't surrendering a lot of my burdens to the Lord because I would go somewhere. I was sometimes teaching up to eight times a month, you know, mm -hmm. at, at all these different places. And, um, all that, like I was dealing, I felt like a surgeon in a trauma unit, you know, like I was dealing with all the heavy stuff, the kids that are demon possessed, you know, like the kids dealing with homosexuality. Like, I don't care how dirty I have to get my hands. Oh, the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, that's and, the Jesus ministry, by the way. Yeah, it is. And I just, you know, and not many people are willing to get their hands dirty. And I was that person. Yeah. And um, I just needed a season where I needed to take care of myself and I'm doing good now, you know, but since even telling others like, yeah, like I dealt with anxiety and panic attacks. I've had church leaders. I've had my friends who are pastors and their pastor's wives like calling me and they're like, dude, we're dealing with depression. We had a pastor in mm -hmm. Chino a couple months ago commit suicide yep. because Horrible. he's dealing with depression and stuff. And you have so many people that are struggling in silence, but people are afraid to like the church. If the church is a hospital, why aren't we afraid to show each other our wounds and go to the doctor and get help you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but so many people now just want to be like oh everything's good but yeah. it's not good yeah like people are struggling Every, everyone yeah all leaders i mean ev everyone's going everyone goes through yeah hard times we're not yeah people in ministry or or if there's pastors or whoever whenever yeah. it's, we're all have our struggles yeah we all battle me some, yeah. some battle with porn yeah some battle with you know whatever i mean there's just yeah. all these different different issues mm -hmm. but god is the healer and this is why we have to have the brethren we have to be able to come to people and yeah. be transparent have them pray for us you got to have your inner circle jesus had his inner circle yeah everyone needs their inner circle that you know there's guys uh you know sean mckean the guy i do at the radio show with too i bring him in and and we meet and we pray you know and things i'm struggling with you know yeah at different times he prays for me and that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. So you went through that stuff. God, God's been working, working in you and through yeah. you. And that's also awesome because then you get to let these girls that you're in front of know that you've struggled. Sometimes we go through these things so God can yeah. work in us so we can let people know that he can yeah. set us free and, and help us through these times. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, I'm so big on every time, you know, I'm in front of like you know, youth or girls or women or whatever is that I never want to be someone that that has arrived, quote unquote, like I, I share with them the process that God's currently doing in my life, you yes. know, and mm -hmm. like even it was um like a month ago, you know, that I was up in Montana and it was like, you know, over earlier on this year, you know, I just had, you know, just walked through abandonment and just different things in my life, you know, stuff I'd shared with you. And um, I literally just had a day where the enemy was just going at me with all of these lies, you know, and I've been walking with the Lord for many years. And there is like all of these thoughts in my mind, like, Christina, you're unloved, you're unwanted, no one cares about you. And then like the enemy started planting these like suicidal thoughts in my mind, like mm -hmm. if you were to just end it all. And I remember just calling, you know, uh, Lori, she's one of Pastor Michael's assistants. And I was like, Lori, I just need you to come and just be with me right now and just pray for me. Because in that moment, like I felt like a tsunami of lies just hit me. And I was like, I didn't feel compelled to pick up a, a knife or do anything weird, you know, to hurt myself. But those lies were real in that moment. And she prayed for me and she battled with me. And I shared that at a young women's thing that I was at at North Coast Calvary in Carlsbad in front of 350 girls earlier on this month. And I was like, this is a current battle of what God like showed me in that, in that day that 
even though I felt so in love because of the abandonment, all the stuff I faced this year, God showed me my worth in him in that moment. And it was a revelation. And when I shared that with these girls, something that I walked through even a month ago of how yep. I still get attacked. Yep. It literally was life changing. I had leaders coming up to me and being like, dude, me too. And so I think that's why, like, I just want to be someone that this generation can identify with because they don't need someone else to, they don't need another Kylie Kardashian or Justin Bieber to follow in social media because their life looks perfect. They just need someone who's like, dude, I've been there. I'm still in process. I still get hit. But like, if I can make it through, you can make it through too. Like, I just want to be a real human being that these kids can identify with. And that's just how I live my life. And that's what this, uh, this generation is looking yeah. for is authenticity. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they, people could see, especially with like social media, reality TV, all the, all that stuff that we have now, people want to see the real thing. Yeah. So when you're connecting with these kids, they don't want yeah. to see the perfect life because their life's not perfect. Yeah. And if you are transparent about what's going on and how God's working in your life and you're working it out, yeah, it's all right to be in a storm. It's all right to be going through hell at the moment. You could talk about that yeah. and what God's going to do. And then after you go through that storm and you come out on the other side, because God's in the storm, he's through yeah. the storm, he's on the other side of the storm, he's yeah. before the storm. Yeah. And you could talk about, oh yeah, I went through this, but then this is what God did in my life now. And you could talk yeah. about the, the, you know, the, um, coming out of it. Yeah. So the, all these stories, it's, it's, it's a must that we are authentic. Yeah. Um, when we talk, even just with people in the street, yeah. you know, because people have this, this pers perspective on Christians, like, you know, they're, they want to be, you know, they're, they're good boys and good girls. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's not it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're trying, we're, we're saved by grace, but we're working out our faith and God is transforming us. He's making all the old things in our life pass away and everything become new, but we're still, we're going through, uh, we're, we're going through trials and tribulations and mm -hmm. we're having, um, victories as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that like, you know, even earlier on this month, you know, when I shared that with these girls, like so many of them, like I literally felt like, like, and I had so many of the church leaders, like, you know, in the prayer warrior, you know, older ladies come up to me after and they're like that moment that you shared that they were like, we felt like the spirit of God broke through because all of these girls, like what it causes them to do is to take off their masks and to put down their walls and mm -hmm. be like, I'm hurting too, because I think in society and in culture, especially being in Southern California and even like, you know, me being involved in the modeling industry, I'm so used to people wearing these beautiful masks and performance and everything's like the cool hipster Christian. And, um, that's one of the reasons why I also needed a break over summer. I was like, dude, I just, I just need to get out of town to re, you know, and, um, and with these girls, it was like, they were like, when you said that, it finally gave them permission to say, I'm hurting too, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and no matter how long we've been walking with the Lord, like we all get, um, we all get hit, you know, just because you're teaching the Bible or because you live a public life, it doesn't mean that you don't need to take care of yourself. That's one of the reasons why I went to Montana over summer to kill the noise is because I had spent so much of my heart in my life for the last 11 years, reaching hundreds and thousands of girls around yep. the world. Yeah. And I just needed to kind of just let people love me for a season, which is what I've had there through Pottersfield, you know? Yep. And so, yeah. Well, I'm stoked for you. I'm excited to see what's gonna, what's gonna happen in the future.
Yeah. I know that we're going to get you on a Kill the Noise tour to, to yeah. get you speaking at a high school. Yeah. Or two or three or four or five. I'm so excited for that. But, yeah. But uh, it's going to be sick. I know yeah. that. Um, all right. Well, we have, I don't know, maybe like 10 minutes left or something like that. I don't, I don't know the time, but we're getting towards the end. So we've laid out a lot of different things tonight. Yeah. What would you say to someone that doesn't have a relationship with God? Yeah. Or maybe someone that fell away from the Lord. Um, I don't know. Maybe just wherever they're at in their life, they just need to, to they're just at the end of themselves. Yeah. And they need, they, they don't know what they need, but they need to be touched by God. You and I yeah. know that. Yeah. What would you say to those listeners right now? They're listening through YouTube, through the airwaves. Yeah. What would you what would you want to say to them to really encourage yeah. them and their yeah. identity yeah. in in their relationship and just the, yeah. their future? Yeah. Take your time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um I think I think we have so many different people out there listening tonight, you know, and um so many people, you know, I think um I don't know if this is just for whoever out there, but so many people I think um are searching for God and maybe that's you tonight where you might be the person that has might just have you might um, be the one like posted up in the back of church every single week and you're hurting and you think that no one sees you and no one cares. And you might have just been like, you know what, dude, I'm done with this church thing because, you know, I've walked in the hospital and no one has, you know, approached me and I feel so unloved and so unwanted. And that's a lot of the, the people that I've, that I've talked to lately where you feel like your significance is so wrapped up in the amount of people that love you or don't love you. And earlier on this year, like I, encountered um a large group of people that like that i felt so abandoned by and i felt like that was my identity that i was abandoned that i was unwanted that i was unloved and all of these and my significance was only found in what i did with my life but um i just want you to know tonight that you are so loved by the lord that the lord that you are his child that your significance isn't found in the amount of money that's found in the bank or in the amount of followers on social media or the, uh, the guy or girl that likes you or isn't liking you back it's not found in um in your job title or how well you perform in at sports if you're a young person out there your identity and significance isn't found in whether your parents are loving you the right way or not loving you the right way or whether they show up at your sporting events or whether they don't like the simple fact that you are so loved by God exactly like if you were just stripped down completely buck naked in front of the Lord like you are so loved by him in that moment because that is what I experienced this summer in Montana when I wasn't taking pictures when I wasn't on a stage when no one was liking my social media things because I was you know modeling for some big company like when I was mucking stalls in the middle of nowhere with dirt for on me from head to toe when no one knew who I was besides my ministry friends out there people in town had no idea who I was I knew that I was so loved by God because he made me to love him and to be loved by him and my encouragement to you would just to, is to rest in the fact that you are loved regardless of whether um, you know your spouse or people on social media or whoever isn't loving you the right way that people are a poor measuring stick of your worth your significance is found in what Christ did for you. And if you were the only person on this earth, he would have died for you because you're that worth it to him. And um, even earlier on last month, when I was just getting all those thoughts about my significance, that was a simple thing that God showed me that I, that the, 
like that the the worth of a poem is found in the eyes of a poet that the worth of a piece of art is found in the eyes of the artist and the worth of a pe- of a pot is found in the eyes of the potter and the worth of your life is found in the eyes of your creator not in the eyes of people and so that would be my encouragement to you for whoever that was for so if someone wants to give their life to the lord yeah. what do they do right now yeah um, if you are out there today and you are just like, you know, I don't know where I'm at and you might be at the end of yourself, my encouragement to you would to just, to just be to give your heart to Jesus. And it's a simple thing of saying, God, like that literally the father of heaven came down to earth. He felt all the pain and he bore all the weight and all the sin that we've ever committed. And he did that so that you could be set free and so that you could have a seat at his table as his child and an invitation to being a child of God. It's literally God signing, um, you know, like the adoption papers and him writing his signature in the line that says father and you literally just saying, God, like, I want to be your child. I repent of my sins. I want to put my faith in you. I pray that you would become my personal Lord and Savior. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and I put my trust in you and I want to follow you all the days of my life. And it literally is just saying, God, I want to be your child. That's it. So you just call on his name, ask him into your life. And then the most amazing thing is that you're going to be forgiven of all your sins. Yeah. And then he will fill you with the power from heaven which is the Holy Spirit. And the job of the Holy Spirit is to purge and destroy everything that is unholy in your life that is destroying me. This is the stuff that's in our life that we don't want. It's our porn addiction. It's our bad habits. It's uh, any addiction. It's, it's maybe lying or being crooked or just um, even it's these, these things that are like are struggling with our sexuality. Uh, God will reveal himself and he will start showing you who he is and he will give you the gifts of the holy spirit love joy hope self-control kindness all these different things in your life that that maybe you're lacking and he will take everything from your old life and uh he will it'll be it'll pass away and everything in your new life will become brand new it says that he'll get your sins and cast them as far as the east is to the west or bury them into the deepest part of the ocean and he'll never bring them up again so if the enemy Satan ever comes back and he puts those lies in your mind that from your past life, just remember, neither, uh, God never brings them up, so you, neither do you ever have to remember those things or dwell on them because they are forgiven, they are past, and all you have to worry about is what you're going to do moving forward. So you just walk by faith, and faith is believing in something you don't see. So you just walk into it. And God will start showing you your destiny, your purpose, and the plan that he has for your life. And how do you do that? You read the Bible. The Bible is the DNA of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the DNA of holiness. You read that the Bible is the instruction manual. The Bible is God's voice. As you read it, it will speak to you. Now that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, the Bible is a spiritual book. When you read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, it's just words. But when you read it with the Holy Spirit, it comes alive. And God's voice will start speaking to you. And you'll be going through something that day and you'll read the Bible. And literally, he'll literally answer the thoughts that are in your mind. And don't stop reading it until he speaks to you. And he'll also speak to you through, he can speak to you through dreams, through visions, through audible voice, through a small whisper. Through people, 
He speaks to us through many different things. Even through creation, he could speak to us. But it all comes down to that point to when you give your life to God, that's when all these things start happening. Religion is like a man trying to be a good boy or a good girl. Yeah. I'm not a good boy or I'm not a good girl either. (laughs) But I'm not a good boy. And religion is a bunch of like rules and regulations. A relationship is when you invite Jesus Christ into your life. He fills you with your Holy Spirit, and now the line is open. The connection is open. You could talk to the Father God in Jesus' name, and he will speak back to you. And a Christian walk is exciting. Mm -hmm. It's not dead. I was thinking about Christianity without the Holy Spirit. I'd be like, I wouldn't even be a Christian. This would be whack. Yeah. So anyway, it's exciting, and you can start living that life and that destiny that you were created for. We have about three minutes left. Why don't you, uh, any last words? Yeah. So um, I actually kind of wanted to talk about, you know, just Potter's Field and what they're doing. Yeah, there. Is that cool? Yeah. So um, I'm connected with an amazing um, ministry called Potter's Field Ministries, and it's in Montana. And um, I don't know if there's any young people out there. They have an amazing uh, missions program called Ignite. And um, I'm actually going to be a part of the program from January to March mm-hmm. in Florida. It's amazing. They're actually going to be, what's the name of your friend out at Calvary St. Pete? Oh my goodness. Jairus. Yes, yes, Jairus. yes. Jairus. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jairus. Yeah, I know Jairus, but I'm trying yeah. to think of his dad's name. Yeah. Hodge. Yeah. Danny yeah. Hodge. Yes. yes. Yeah. Calvary so, Chapel, St. Petersburg. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be out there. Um, I'm going to be going through the program and, um, you know, it's an amazing program where they do three months of training with some of the most amazing Bible teachers like Don McClure, um, you know, Pastor Mike Roselle. They have amazing, you know, uh, pastors on staff. And then they also, uh, they do six months on the mission field in Uganda, Kenya, Costa Rica, and Guatemala, and then they do a month back of, you know. And so if you guys just have a heart for missions, and if you want to just make an impact in the world in that way, Pastor Mike is actually on tour right now in California. He's going to be at Water of Life tomorrow. We have our Mudman food truck. Awesome. Yes. And so Mudman is an amazing um it's like a burger chain that's a part of Potter's Field. And so every burger that's sold helps feed one of the kids and their kids' programs around the world. They feed about 22,000 kids worldwide I've every month. I've heard nothing but amazing things yeah. about Mike. Yeah. And I still haven't even – we texted. We, we connected yeah. on text. Yeah. Hopefully I could uh, connect with him while, he, while he's here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like an older version of you, and you're like a younger version dude, of him. Dude, we should get him on the radio show next week or something. Yes. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well – Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, it was it was awesome. It's, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Yes. Make sure you send me your TED Talk. Yes. The link when you get it. I will post it again. Thank you. Hey, it's uh, we're having like some. Go to thewhosoever's.com. We got all kinds of rad product. Yeah. And obviously, when you buy our products, it funds our mission to tour middle schools and high schools around the world. And when you wear the product, it, it opens up doors. Yeah. People go, "What's the?" Whosoever. I have a sticker on my Bible. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They go, what are the whosoever's? And uh, it literally opens up rad doors to talk about Jesus uh, in a non-religious way. And um, I believe we got the best product out there. You do. And it's all premium. We got socks, belts. Skateboards. Skateboards. Stickers. Hats. Pencils. I mean, we got pencils. Oh, we do have pencils. Yes. We got it all. Check it out at thewhosoever's.com. And we have an app. It's for free. Go to the App Store, download it. It has all the past radio shows, all archived. has the uh, Shine, Shine Bible Studies I do, the Gospel of John. 
and uh, all the rad products and pictures from the high schools, all the high schools we go to. You could check them out. Thank you, Christina, for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Ryan. We love you guys. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.